Man, so uh, I heard that there was a big trade that happened this week. I don't know. Do you, do you know much about that, Sean? Have you heard anything about that? A trade? Um, no, not really. Uh, what, what was it? Something about an Uncle Drew, something like that? I don't know. Uncle this... Drew? God, he sounds like a scrub, man. <laughs> Anyways, there's no way anybody missed this. There's no introduction needed. We need to just mention this big thing that just happened, but Kyrie Irving getting traded to Boston for Isaiah Thomas, Jay Crowder, Ante Zizek, and a Net Brooklyn Nets first round pick. What? Whew. What a thing to happen. Wow. What what a what a time to be an NBA fan. Yeah, this is this was like the more realistic option that was out there for the Cavs, but I didn't really think it was the most probable being as their conference rivals. But we'll get into that a little bit later. Um you're going to have to keep settle yourself down, John. I know you want to talk about this. Oh man, I'm bursting, <laughs> dude. But first things first. First things first. Yeah, first things first. We head out to LA where Magic Johnson First time GM has caught himself in some trouble, him alongside with his partner, maybe partner in crime, Robert Palenka. Mm. So the Pacers have filed um, tampering charges against the Los Angeles Lakers, saying that somebody in that um, organization um, did some did some illegal tampering with Paul George to get him to go with the Lakers. So here's my first reaction to it. I think it's weak. Yeah, I, I want to hear your take on this. Weak. I think it's weak. I think it's baseless. I don't know what the there's Ooh. there's a lot of there's a lot of questions that come to mind. First, it's why why is Indiana doing this now? I mean, Paul George is long <laughs> and gone. He's now in an OKC uniform. Um, what's their basis for it exactly? And who who is the mastermind behind this? Is it Larry Bird or is it somebody else in the organization? Yeah. Well, yeah. I think this is. I, I mean, I agree with you. I think this is like totally out of left field it's them just being really sore losers mm -hmm. about losing paul george um i mean i mean I'll, I'll sound like an idiot if we find out later that magic johnson really was doing some sort of illegal tampering right but i just can't see that happening it's like paul george is an nba player if he wants to play for a certain team that should be in his own jurisdiction right i mean is it really that crazy to think that a player who grew up in los angeles he was born in Palmdale, a couple miles outside of L.A., went to Fresno State in California. His favorite player growing up was Kobe Bryant. He grew up <laughs> playing basketball during the era when the Lakers dominated. They went through the 3 P, then two championships later. Is it really that crazy that he would then go to Indiana where it's blistering cold and would want to come back to Los Angeles, <laughs> playing the purple and gold in the sunshine? Is that really crazy? I don't think you need Magic Johnson to convince you that that's maybe what you want if you can get it, right? No, <laughs> yeah, no, you're totally right. And I think another interesting point about this is that this is being investigated by an independent law firm. Right, so the Indiana Pacers went outside and got an independent law firm to help them out with this investigation. I'm not sure what, I'm assuming they're trying to look for anything from text messages, emails, stuff like stuff, written things that they can prove in obviously in core or to the NBA that Magic Johnson or whoever in the Laker organization somehow tampered and had contact with Paul George to try to convince him to join the Lakers, which is weird because he's not on the Lakers. He's actually on Oklahoma City. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. This whole thing just, it seems like the Pacers just want to try to do anything to like win. Mm -hmm. Like they, they just need a win for themselves right. at this point. Uh, but a question that I always found myself asking is, is it probable that Magic Johnson did maybe do something? Because if you think about the guy that Magic Johnson is, he's a very he's a very uh, charismatic guy. He's been in the public figure for a lot of years. Um, he's a guy who, who maintains well, re good relationships with people like maybe Magic Johnson did maybe like he says like he said in the jimmy kimmel interview maybe he did talk with mm -hmm. a little wink you know maybe hinted at a little bit just... something but even then i feel like everybody does this in some way or fashion right. in the nba yeah it's just like and it's, he's on jimmy kimmel like he's just trying to have a good time he's just trying to like play to the lighthearted mood mm -hmm. and if he did do something wrong i would think that he wouldn't know that he was doing anything wrong and he had no malicious intent right in trying to get Paul George to come to LA. Anyone would do the same thing. He's a great player. Any everyone wants him on their team. Right. Um 
And I have an example of, of, of how everybody does in some way talk to each other. Um, I mean, just look at free mm. agency. It's like as soon as it hits 12.01 a.m., people already have deals <laughs> done. It's So true. Yeah, you, yeah. you can't tell me that. As soon as it hit 12.01, people just got on the phones and, and convinced each other in 60 seconds <laughs> to sign these multi-million dollar deals. It's not possible. These deals were in the works weeks, months, maybe, yeah, months before that actual date. Like, the contact happens, whether it's, like, in some gray area, that's probably where it is. Right, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, what do you expect people to be, like, in one minute? Oh, yeah, here's this super complicated contract you have to go through. Uh, just sign it now. Mm -hmm. um, no, I think, I really think this story's gonna blow over, like, anything else. Um, yeah, I don't, yeah, it would suck if the Lakers lost more stuff, though. They They can't afford to lose draft picks or cap space or anything at this point. Yeah, I... I wonder if, like, somewhere out there, like, the Sacramento Kings or Peja Stajakovic and Mike Bibby are behind this. They're trying to get back at the Lakers after we took them down in the Western <laughs> Conference Finals or something. Because, I mean, if, say something crazy does happen, like, they actually find some, something to, to, get, to blame on Magic Johnson. Like, what would be the repercussions of this? Will we lose draft picks? Um, will we not be able to sign Paul George? Like, what punishment do you, do you see coming for the Lakers? Well, I think there's a few things that have been talked about that could happen. There could be just a big, uh, like, like a money taxation, like they might lose up to $5 million. Mm -hmm. um, they could lose draft picks. They could, they, I think they could get blocked from signing Paul George in the future. So all those are possibilities. None of them are realities, though. So Yeah, it's it's a scary thought. As I mean, as for the Laker fan, obviously, it's a... It's a very worrisome thought that maybe maybe they can find something. Who knows? And if it does happen, like this would set us back even further after we've slowly made steps. I mean, I mean you could go back to the Chris Paul trade. That Chris Paul trade when that got vetoed, that <laughs> that just set off a chain of bad events for the Lakers. Um and this could very well be the same thing where you this happens to to the Lakers. We don't get Paul George. All of a sudden, he ends up signing long-term for OKC, or we lose out on draft picks, and these draft picks end up in the hands of other people. It'll just right. be a chain yeah. of events that, that could potentially be good for some people, but it will all be, for sure, terrible for the Lakers. Man, I'm, I'm just so saddened that the Lakers are seen as this, like, evil, dark organization so much in the media. And just like right. with the Chris Paul thing, like, oh, they're just trying to s screw us all over and make an unfair trade or like with the whole bus situation where like, oh, they're trying to overthrow Jeannie Buss and get her out. And that one was actually bad. Mm -hmm. But then now you're looking at like, oh, the Pacers think that Magic Johnson was plotting something against them. It's like they're just all trying to give the Lakers organization a bad rap, man. And it's disappointing. Yeah, I I could get it. Like maybe the Lakers have dominated the league for a long time. There's some there's some envy there. Um, but why? I mean, we've sucked. We have sucked for most of this decade now. Our our best. Yeah. What do you? What more do you want from yeah, us? The, our best player went down terribly. Kobe Bryant had a terrible end to his career, and you could go back to that Chris Paul and almost blame it on that. Obviously, you could also put some blame on on the Bus family for mismanaging that team after the father after um the original original Bus father died. But mm -hmm. right, why just leave leave us alone? <laughs> Paul George isn't even in a Laker jersey. Why is this happening? <laughs> yeah, and he might not even want to go to the Lakers after hanging out with Russell Westbrook for a year. That guy seems like a cool guy to hang out with. So right, I don't know. I think yeah, man, just stop beating the dead horse. Yeah, and I mean, it seems like everybody's pointing to like the the biggest source of evidence is this Jimmy Kimmel in interview that Magic Johnson had where he sarcastically yeah. says that he winks when he talks to Paul George or some, something around those lines. <laughs> but this is, it's, there's, there was obviously some sarcasm in there. And Jimmy Kimmel is not, not, not a sports journalist. The man's a, a late night show host and his style is comedy. There's no way this could be taken that serious. Yeah. The day, the day that big NBA news breaks from a late night comedy show, that's the day the NBA fails. Right. <laughs> but uh, we'll see how this transpires in the next couple weeks. Maybe it might even take months. We might not even hear anything. This might there might not be right. a final decision on this. Maybe in like another six months from now. But what is final though? 
is that Kyrie Irving is now in a Boston Celtics jersey. Yes, we made it to this part of the podcast. <laughs> I'm not sure if this is this is the the little the little leprechaun blowing some luck in the Celtics' way. Maybe Danny Ainge doing some <laughs> great trade dealing, or maybe I mean maybe this is a deal that works for both. I I think this is a great deal for both sides. Um, short term, I think the Cavs won. Long term, I think we have yet to see. But I'll get I'll get more into that. A little bit later. First, I want to hear your thoughts, Sean, about this whole thing. Sure. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, man. I, so I'm glad that we actually had a day to like think all of this through, mm-hmm. because at first I didn't know what to think. I was like, "Wow, this seems like really fair on both sides." Right. Um. And I've heard like multiple, uh, like ESPN, FS1, all talking about it. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the major points is that Kyrie is only 25 years right. old. This could be this could be one of the best players ever to play. We've yet to see what he's fully capable of. And while the only evidence against him is that when LeBron wasn't on the floor, he wasn't playing very well. I think this is his time to shine right now. I think he's only gonna get better over the next two, three years into his prime. Mm-hmm. And I think Boston really won this trade by getting him. Really? So you have Boston uh, winning this yeah. trade. I do. I think when you can get a guy that has the chance to be a perennial superstar in this league and already has proven himself to be an amazing player, mm-hmm. I think that's a win for sure. And so looking at the other side, why I think that they gained more than Cleveland gained, Isaiah Thomas, he's a scorer just like Kyrie. They're both amazing offensive players. Right. But Kyrie can play good defense if he chooses to mm-hmm. because he has the size to do it. Right. Isaiah Thomas, you can't, he can't grow. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like on defense, he's not, he's not going to be there. And you can't, like, unless you're some mad scheming genius, I don't see any way that Tyron Lue is going to get Isaiah Thomas to be good in a defensive scheme. Right. Um, Jay, Car- Jay Carter is a good piece. He's a good defensive player. Um, so that, like, offsets it a little bit. Mm hmm but not enough to the point where you have to have Isaiah Thomas guarding these amazing point guards that he's going to have to guard at the highest level. The Steph Curry, Kyrie Irving, Russell Westbrook, Chris Paul, like these are all teams that you're going to have to play at some point. Mm-hmm. Most of them in the Western conference. Sure. But at the finals, if you make it there and playing against Kyrie and John wall in the East, um, he's just going to get outmatched. There's that's just how it's going to be. And I think, um, that's going to be like one of the most important parts right? of like a matchup against two teams like that. Yeah, I definitely see where you where you bring that along. Um, I have to say, though, that the Cavs, I think, won this in the short term. I think in the long term right now, as it stands, I, I see the Celtics winning this. You get, like you mentioned, Kyrie Irving, a younger star, and he's got the he's got a bigger size than Isaiah Thomas. And I think something that Danny Inge, I think he really liked is look, Kyrie Irving's got two years on his contract. Boston Celtics don't have to worry about that for mm-hmm. a while. Whereas Isaiah Thomas, you're going to have this, this bubble hanging over you the rest of the season with Isaiah Thomas. And where is he a max right. contract player or not? And we talked about this in our earlier episode that we felt that Isaiah Thomas was a mass contract player, max contract player. But mm-hmm. I thought I don't think the Boston Celtics were ever going to give him that the max deal. I think he was, if he was going to get it, he was going to get it somewhere else. Um, so with that being said, I think in the long term it does seem that the Celtics did win this, but I think due to circumstance in the short term, I think the Cavaliers won. I think they slightly won. I think mm. they got a good deal in Jake, Jay Crowder, Isaiah Thomas. So you take care of your offensive numbers with Isaiah Thomas and Jay Crowder is the guy the Cavs have been needing to go up against the Warriors or mean mainly this team is designed for the Warriors. So let's not forget that um, Jay Crowder is the guy that you want. He can, you can throw him on Clay Thompson. You can throw him on Kevin Durant or you can throw him on Draymond Green. And that gives LeBron James more room to operate. And Jay Crowder is a guy that can hit the three. He's a solid player. And I like the way he fits in with the Cavaliers. Isaiah Thomas, sure, he's a, like a defensive liability. But I think you can switch him in and out with uh, with Derrick Rose. And don't forget, there's a possibility that Dwayne Wade might be joining this squad a little bit later. Oh, okay. Yeah, that that would be a pretty big game changer. Right. So I'm thinking, sure, they um, Cavaliers gave up a perennial superstar. But they got they got guys that aren't that bad. Let's not forget Isaiah Thomas finished fifth in the MVP voting last year. 
and he got second all nba kyrie irving doesn't have accolades like that at least not yet so in the short term you do get isaiah thomas who can score the ball jay crowder who can defend um so you gain depth there um i'm not sure who this other guy is what was um Montez right, the rookie. He's a, he. He just got drafted. He's a center. Right, so he's a seven footer. He's just throwing. Yeah, you don't know much about him, but he is a seven footer. Maybe he he turns into some guy you can throw out there for ten minutes. But I think really, I think what really shines to me is this draft pick. Um, that's a that's a real nice right. Draft unprotected. Pick. <laughs> this is a draft pick that could potentially unprotected. Yeah, this is a draft pick that could potentially go number one. I mean, the Nets pick last this last year was the, turned into a number one pick. I think the Cavaliers mm-hmm. can package this up and gain another awesome player. Maybe you package it up with J.R. Smith or Iman Shumper or Channing Fry. Oh, okay. You're you're talking about trading that pick away already. Yeah, so I guess, yeah. I'm, so I'm going into that. I think they need to trade that pick. Sure, you don't know what's going to happen in the long term with LeBron James, but if you're Cleveland, um, if you might as well just go for it. I mean, why not? I mean, say that you have this. <laughs> yeah. There's no way this... There's no guarantee this pick is going to translate into a star. And even if it does turn into a star, that this star will ever carry Cleveland back in, back to championship form. So I think you go for it. You you trade. You find something. Maybe you mark a soul out there or an Eric Bledsoe. And you may, and you get the Cavaliers ready to take on uh, Kevin Durant and the Warriors in the spring. That's true, yes. The Cavaliers are definitely the most win-now team in the NBA. Yeah, right. Like, you have LeBron talking about maybe leaving next year like you have to convince him to stay or win a championship now before you're locked out winning a championship for the next however long until they can get another lebron right i mean if there's something you can learn from just looking at the league is i mean outside of teams like the spurs or the lakers like it takes teams decades to even rebuild like and even when they it looks like they have a solid roster it uh, I mean, they can get they can get held back. And an example of that is like the Thunder. They built this great roster, um, but injuries held them back from ever really reaching the NBA Finals, even despite having Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook on the same team. And I mean, eventually those Kevin Durant departed, James Harden got got traded. So I mean, there's no guarantee that even if you if you draft these great guys, uh, there's no guarantee that you can even get to the point where you can draft great guys. And then from there, there's no yeah. guarantee that you're gonna be a you're gonna be a team that can actually make the NBA Finals. So if you have it right. now, I think if you're down down Gilbert um in that um Cavaliers team, I think you find a way to trade that pick and get get geared up in the short term to chase that championship. But because of that draft pick and I don't know what they're going to do with it and what that draft pick could turn into, I think in the long run the Boston Celtics, they're also a younger team, I think they want it in the long term. Or at least I'm not too sure. Oh, okay. I guess it depends what that draft pick turns into. But for now, I'm leaning yeah, so, that Boston uh, won long-term, Cavaliers won in the short, short term. Okay, that's fair. I can respect that. I mean, it, it is nice, though, that they do it. Like, the, it does count for long-term to be a first-round pick. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, like, a guy you're investing in if they do keep it. Right, and, I mean, and that's the question. And also, I mean, for all you know, like, probably won't, but, like, D'Angelo Russell could go out there and average 25 and 7 and – all of a sudden, the oh, Brooklyn Nets are a yeah. playoff team. <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah. So I guess the next big, the next big question is: in in any way, do you think this makes the Celtics better than the Cavs? Mm, I've been struggling with that for the last twenty four hours, man. I I have no idea. So that it's so weird. So this is what I, I'll I will say that I found um and shannon sharp of undisputed fs1 actually brought this to attention i was listening to him and i didn't realize but so the vegas odds actually didn't change at all for either the cavaliers or the boston celtics right yeah so coming out Mm -hmm. of the east vegas still thinks the Cavs kind of have a bigger chance um who 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 makes those vegas odds who's the who's the big expert (laughs) that gets to decide these things i'm not i'm not i want i want to know what he knows and why he thinks that uh that nothing changes. For all we know, it's just a couple, just two dudes, just like me and you, just debating it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, I make some Vegas odds. That'd be yeah, fun. Yeah, but I mean, I still think the I think the Cavaliers are still the better team than Boston. Um, you you still at the end of the day, the Cavs still have LeBron James on that roster. I think they're a little deeper. You you got Kevin Love. Um, yeah. I just I the Boston Celtics essentially 
have gotten rid of everything that made their team last year that identity that that um that toughness to, that Jay Crowder, Avery Bradley, and that Isaiah Thomas played with like that's that's gone. Right. Yeah. And yeah, we're definitely gonna we're gonna be talking more about the Celtics in our uh in our main points uh a little bit later in the podcast, probably in just a few minutes mm-hmm. here. But yeah, I mean they're they're a completely different team. It's crazy. And um, but yeah, I, uh, to your points, I'm thinking like Vegas puts them as the same odds. I'm thinking it's the same. Like the both sides just seem like they got a good deal. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's hard to like see it as both sides won, but it seems mutually beneficial to both. Right. Uh, yeah, and I think, I think the one thing that I was thinking is like, I guess obviously there's a winner and there's a loser, but really there's no. I don't think there's any loser in both of these trades. If anything, when I was trying to think about the idea of like who was the loser, I actually think Isaiah Thomas was the biggest loser of this trade. Mm, yeah, man, he got done dirty. And I'll ex- and this is my reasoning why is. Isaiah Thomas um was had a hard time finding like a place that accepted who he was accepted him as a player and his role and let him shine and he found that with the Boston Celtics and not only that but he took that opportunity and ran with it um and he played like a player who deserves a max contract which is what he's what he wants um and I mean I've all signs pointed that next year was going to be no different like he was going to have Gordon Hayward but not much was going to change but now you right. trade him to the Cavaliers there's no way Isaiah Thomas can put up the same numbers. Not when you got a guy like LeBron James on your team. So yeah, true. all of a sudden he's back to being a second fiddle or a second guy, as opposed to being the number one option. Like he was last year with the Celtics. Um, and right, and yeah. I'm thinking this might hurt his chances of getting a max contract. Ooh, that would be the worst. Yeah. A loss for the little guys. Yeah. Man. Um, what do you think? You think the, I mean, the Cavaliers really don't have any reason to give him a max deal next year. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree with you. I mean, uh, it, it doesn't seem like they would. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just get that feeling. I mean, LeBron's gonna be the main part of that whole discussion. If he stays, maybe you can get Isaiah Thomas to stay too. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're gonna ask him to probably take a pay cut so they can get more players to build around. Right. If they don't win the title again. I have to think that there's a team in the NBA that has the cap space to give him a max deal because they just see the talent. I mean, you got guys like Tim Hardaway, right. who we're going to talk about more later. Uh, Tim Hardaway getting $16 million. And uh, I actually just saw this. Uh, Nerlens Noel turned down $17.5 million a year for four-year deal from the Mavs. How ridiculous is that? Yeah. So, so mm-hmm. like, yeah, guys like this getting these types of deals... And, you're, and they're not even proven. And you're talking about a guy like Isaiah Thomas who puts in the work. The only knock against him that he's short. Mm-hmm. Like, he has to get a max deal, man. I'll be disappointed if he doesn't in this type of NBA. Right. I got to say that, like, I was a huge, I was already a big fan of uh, Isaiah Thomas. And I think this deal actually made me want to root for this guy a lot more. Um, and I definitely want to follow mm-hmm. the Cavaliers. Like, I want to see what Isaiah Thomas does on this team. I want to see if I want, I actually want him to light it up. I want the Celtics and the Cavaliers to meet in that Eastern Conference Finals, and I want the Cavs to sweep the Celtics. Oh yeah! So the Celtics are the bad guys. Yeah, I, I. It's not so much the Celtics. It's just, yeah, it is so much the Celtics. You know why? Because <laughs> I'll tell you this. So Isaiah Thomas, this is a guy who whose sister unfortunately died in that car accident. Um, two yeah. days later, he comes out and he plays for that team. Um, and then there's obviously it came out that he had hurt his hip like a little bit earlier in the season. He still played through it. He got to the Eastern Conference Finals and just and got out there and played two games. I mean, this is a guy who's given a lot for the Boston Celtics organization. And then I mean, you turn around and then you trade him. That's yeah, that's really that's not a good look. Right. It's not a, like there's, there's just no uh, there's no respect. Right. I mean, you want to, I mean, people talk about there being no loyalty among players. It goes both ways as well. I mean, I, I think this is a perfect example of that. Isaiah Thomas gave a lot to that Boston Celtics organization this last year, and it looked like he was set up to be that, to, to belong there. Um, and Danny Ainge just turned around and traded him for a younger star. Yeah, man, that's, that is really rough. Yeah, so I hope they meet in the conference finals, and I hope the, Cavaliers just 
sweep away with them. And then I'm excited to see them meet up with the Warriors. But with that being said, like, do you think? Well, so one more point I want to bring okay. up. We'll get to see them play each other opening night. That's another crazy point oh, I wanted to bring up. That's right. How insane. Yeah. October 17th, opening night of the NBA. These two teams play each other. Yeah. How do you how you can't write stuff like that? Right. And that's why we love the NBA. <laughs> oh my god. Storylines. So insane. But what I was also going to bring up was I mean, do you think this deal brought anything to the Warriors at all out here in the Bay Area? Or do you think they kind of just shrugged their shoulders like, eh, that's cool. <laughs> Actually, I saw a funny meme on a on a Reddit thread that was like, we go live to the Warriors reaction. And it was a, it was a SpongeBob meme <laughs> of Squidward like looking over with his sunglasses. And then he's like, no, nah, whatever. I'm just going to go back to tanning. <laughs> <laughs> that very well could have been, that could have been Clay Thompson out in Beijing somewhere. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah man so yeah they yeah this yeah since this ended up being like a net like not really not like a net gain for either team i i don't think the warriors have anything to worry about Mm-mm, i agree I th- unless this celtics team since just because it looks so different becomes this like amazing chemistry team and they just mesh together perfectly yeah it's possible I, 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 like I said, I still don't think they get through Cleveland. So if the Warriors want to worry about them and if something like that were to happen, I think it may be a worry that comes two years from now. Right. Or maybe yeah. even next year. When they've had some time together. Yeah. May- I mean, yeah, because Ky- Kyrie and Hayward, at least, they're going to be on that team for the next few years, at least, together. So, yeah. I mean, if, if LeBron's yeah. not there next year, like this Celtics team is, unless he goes to another Eastern Conference team. <laughs> Then, then the, yeah, right. then the Celtics are <laughs> whatever team he's on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so like I saw this thing online where somebody made a flow chart where it was like, "Are you going to the NBA Finals? Follow this chart." And I was like, "Is LeBron James on your team?" And if it says yes, <laughs> then you go down, and it says yes. If no, then, <laughs> then it says no. It was like it was no. pretty funny. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. great. It's so true though. It really is. But like if LeBron comes to LA, I think the Celtics have a clear way to the NBA finals and then maybe the Warriors want to think about them. But for now, if the Warriors are thinking Cavs, like I don't think this brings them. I think it makes the Cavs a little bit cl- better in, in my opinion, but I don't think it gets them over the edge at all to the Warriors. I think maybe they win one more game in the NBA finals. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking too. Like Jay Crowder's a great piece. Sure. No one's guarding Steph Curry. Yeah. No one's... That's that's a problem. Right. You can't do that. Derrick Rose isn't going to be able to play 35 minutes with Curry. He'll tear his ACL doing right. that. Right. And then aside from that, you still got... I mean, you still got to deal with like things like Tristan Thompson. Like, Are you still going to put him in the ro- in your rotation against them? Against like Draymond Green? Because Draymond Green and that Warrior small lineup just destroyed Tristan Thompson. Oh yeah, and Kevin dude, Love. he put up some stinkers against them. Tristan Thompson just disappeared. Right, so that doesn't solve that issue. So I mean, that's why I think the Cavaliers have, if they want to do any, if they don't want an encore performance of what they got last year, like just go home <laughs> after four two. Then they need to trade that pick. Um, I don't even think if they got yeah. Dwayne Wade, I don't think that even does really much I mean, for he, them. Yeah, Dwayne, he's out of his prime. Like he he would give them a much easier regular season, but. And like, but in the playoffs going up against the Warriors, I just don't think he could keep up. Yeah. And like, like I said, that Dwayne Wade doesn't solve the issue that they had down low with Tristan Thompson and Kevin Love guarding those switches. Right. Um, yeah. So who would the Cavs need to get to compete with the Warriors? Uh, that's it. Like, who would they trade that pick and for? I was looking into that. Um, it's hard to say just like the way the, the, the league is set up right now and just how deep into the salary cap the Cavaliers are in. So they, they would have to convince a team. So like like one a guy I was thinking was actually Marcus All. So, right, okay. so you would have to somehow convince the Grizzlies that they want to go into rebuild mode and you want to and you'll give mm-hmm. them an expiring contract of Channing Fry and you'd actually to match the numbers you'd have to either give them Iman Shumper or J.R. Smith, who both still have yeah. two more years under their contract. Yeah, that that that's a hard one to take. Right. Um. So that's a guy I think that that'll help them out there. Uh. Maybe you try mm-hmm. to go for Lamarcus. Uh, Lamarcus Aldridge would also be a guy, but you can't. You're not going to convince the Spurs to take those either. Yeah. 
I mean, you might be able to convince the Grizzlies to go into rebuilding mode, though, because it's like, look, guys, you're in the West. Mike Conley's great and all, and Marcus Saul's good, but he's past his prime. Like, do you really think you're going to compete right now? Like, maybe you got to rethink things. I, I feel like you could make that argument to them. Right. Uh, that's, that, to me, that seemed like one of the more realistic ones. Obviously, there's there's a lot of guys that you could you could potentially get on that team. The numbers work, but I, I just don't think it's very probable. I also don't think it's probable that they get Marcus Hall, but I think it's it's slightly more probable than these other ones. <laughs> Somehow. Yeah, man. I mean, if they do make another big move like that, that'll, oh man, my mind is just going to explode. Yeah. But I mean, that would take some work and it would definitely, uh, it would take some time. I think maybe, well, maybe this is something you re, you revisit sometime in like January and February once the records start rounding out. Maybe Memphis finds themselves like in the 11th, in the 11th seed and they just, and Chandler Parsons is obviously not going to ever play another game in the NBA. <laughs> so then you just, that's when you're like, yeah, we need to blow this roster up. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah, I think yeah, trade deadline deal would probably be most likely there. And what do you, you think Boston's done with, done with their moves? They better be, man. <laughs> I, they've done so much crap, man. It's insane. It's crazy. This team is completely different from the team of last year. Um, yeah, yeah. I was gonna bring that up, and what we might as well segue into talking about the Celtics. Yeah, right let's now. do this. So here's our Atlantic Division preview. So we're gonna go ahead and break down each team, but. We got to start off with the biggest team. The only team that matters really in this Atlantic division. <laughs> yeah, might, might as well keep talking right, so about it. So here them. it is, Boston Celtics. Big trade. Man. So you want to yeah, break this, this down for us, Sean, a little bit? Yeah, sure. So so basically our format for this, we're going to talk about who's who's been added, who are the big departures, uh, where we think that they'll be ranked both in their conference and overall. Uh, go over some X factors for what we think is going to really give them some difference makers in the season, some storylines to follow maybe, and where they're trending. All right. Uh, so, yeah, you want to start us off with some of the additions? Let's go. So Boston Celtics, obviously everybody knows the big moves they made. They brought in Gordon Hayward, the guy, the former Butler Project, stole him out of Utah, um, Signed recently signed him. They also drafted Jason Tatum. They brought the other half of the Morris Twins and Marcus Morris. Mm. And they also made the big trade for Kyrie Irving. So these are huge pickups. Obviously, completely changes the team. Um, and on the way out to get those additions, you all, you left out Avery Bradley, Kelly Olnick, Amir Johnson, Isaiah Thomas, and Jay Crowder. Yeah, so only four players are returning from last year's lineup. Al Horford, Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, and Terry Rozier. Yeah. How insane is this? Yeah. You have a team that won the Eastern Conference regular season. Yep. They're the number one seed going into the playoffs. They make the Eastern Conference Finals. And you blow everything up. Right. I, I don't... What? What? Yeah, <laughs> it's insane to me that I don't think this... I'm not... I would want to look more into, like, when else this happens where a team completely blows up their roster. But they don't necessarily lose any potential wins or losses. Like, I think this Boston team right. could win... The same amount of games as they won last year. Yeah, they could literally just win, get number one seed again, and lose to LeBron in the finals. Exactly the same result with all these moves they made that result in a net of nothing. Right, and it's like when you look when you look at the moves that they made, it almost feels like you're looking at somebody in my GM mode in NBA 2K. Like, how do you make that <laughs> many moves in one summer? It's cr- and like yeah, uh, so and insane. Yeah, I mean teams. There's teams out there that'll wave, sign, draft players, but like. The level of quality, it's it's crazy. Like to bring in Gordon Hayward, Kyrie Irving in the same offseason and also draft a guy like Jason Tatum. Yeah, while having a, a first round pick next year that would have been the Nets. Oh. Like they have so many assets and they were just able to move them all around and create a different super team than they had from last year. Right. So like heading into like with when you see all these guys come together, I think um the, my biggest, the thing that I had as the biggest X, X factor because of that is Brad Stevens. I think Brad Stevens coaching oh. is going to be the biggest X factor on how successful this Boston team is. I think by default, they could potentially just win around the same games. But if they're, if they were to go a step further or even like even worse than they did last year, it's going to probably have something to do with Brad Stevens and the way he can bring this team together. Um, yeah, definitely. You got a bunch of new guys and a, a bunch of guys who, I mean, you bring in Gordon Hayward, a guy who's so used to playing a certain way, 
in Utah and he won games there. And obviously you bring Kyrie Irving, a guy who's won a championship and has played with one of the best players in the game, LeBron James, who's essentially also player and coach. Um, you know, how do you get these guys to follow you and what in what way? What what method of basketball are you gonna implement and how well is it gonna work given the the roles are like the roles that these guys are used to having? So that's a big question right. there. Yeah, I mean, Brad Stevens, I mean, I've been a big fan of his uh, since he became the coach of the Celtics. He's proven that he's a brilliant man and brilliant strategist, Mm -hmm. knows how the game of basketball works, knows his players. This is his ultimate test. Right? Can he make an entirely different team in the course of two months meshed together before the season starts? Right. That, That seems like an amazingly difficult task, and I mean... The only person I would trust more than him, honestly, is Greg Popovich. Right. To do something like that, I I think Brad Brad Stevens he's a really smart guy, and his his age might play against him. People might discredit him for that, but I, I think I think he'll find a way to make it work. I, the guys he got are quality guys. Like Gordon Hayward, he's the most class act mm-hmm. you can find. I mean, and you're you're drafting guys that are are gonna be. Uh, built within the system uh, like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown Um, and you give Kyrie Irving the reins you give him what he wants Mm -hmm. I think all the pieces are going to work together really well yeah Uh, it's so crazy though like there's so their starting lineup last year of Isaiah Thomas Avery Bradley uh, Amir Johnson Al Horford and uh, gosh uh, Jay Crowder Mm -hmm. was that was their starting lineup right that's only Al Horford remains. That's it. Mr. Al Horford, big, big, big guy in the middle. <laughs> That's so I crazy. Mean, so, like, you look at this new starting lineup, and I guess my biggest question when I was looking into this is, who are you starting at center? Do you have Al Horford there at center? Oh, yeah, for sure. I ordered, yeah, because, I mean, the, the next guy, you because you got rid of Kelly Olenek. Um, yeah, uh, and Amir Johnson. Yeah, and Amir Johnson. So you got that, or you got um, 30-year-old Baines. Oh, Aaron Baines. Right, Aaron Baines. Is he <laughs> going to be your starting center, or is he going to... Oh, yeah, no Or is way. he maybe going to be just a form- formal like starting center where he plays like three minutes and then you sub him out as soon <laughs> as possible? <laughs> I-, I bet I bet he'll play like 15 minutes because Horford's not going to be able to play a lot, and they have very few big guys to really fill in that role. Um, I mean, man, Brad Stevens loves him some wings. <laughs> Uh, Buffalo Wild Wings, his favorite restaurant. <laughs> right. He went out and got him some wings. He's gonna play five <laughs> wings at a time if he wants to. Yeah, and see, this is this is a reason why I don't think Boston. So it's so this is so the Boston is a good team. So whether or not they're trending up or down is gonna determine whether or not I, in my eyes, whether or not they they've gotten better than the than the Cavaliers. And like I was saying earlier, I don't think they're better than the Cavaliers right now. Um, they're missing guys in the middle. They're young. They got to all mesh well. And like I said, I don't think any of these guys are the answer to guarding uh, LeBron James. If anything, you got rid of some of your best defenders. They're gone. So I feel like that right, that yeah. identity is gone with it unless you can somehow reestablish it. Maybe Kyrie Irving becomes first team all defense this year. <laughs> <laughs> that chance. Right. But they're going to they're going to score like crazy. They are um so and whether they're trending up or down, I'd say they're actually trending down slightly, I think. Ooh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. I, I think that I don't think there's any trend. I think they've maintained. Maintained? Okay. Like they they just they just went with a whole new look. Which I mean, you could argue they had to do because they realized they weren't gonna beat LeBron. Yeah. So they did they just had to switch everything up and it'll be interesting to see um how much of a role Jason Tatum gets. He's already a very polished player. Yeah. And he could really make an impact on a team like that. Um, he he could just add an amazing depth to that team. Right. So yeah, and I I actually like so I said Brad Stevens as the X factor, but somebody else that you could also look into is Jalen Brown could potentially be an X factor on this team. He's hit. He- oh, for he's sure. Heading, is he heading into a second or third year in this league? Yeah, mm-hmm. second, second year. year. So he's he's got a year under him. He got through his rookie year. I feel like a lot of guys, when they make big changes, they make them in their second, third, and fourth year in these leagues. Like this is when they actually like start falling into their identity and what type of role they're gonna be. Um, and I think this is a crossroads for Jalen Brown, and it's potential that he could break out, maybe 
maybe take advantage of those minutes, maybe average like 15 points a game, 16 points a game, and be a difference maker for this team. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you could talk about having mouths to feed with Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward. Mm -hmm. They'll take up the bulk of the shots, obviously, but I I think you have Jalen Brown. He's going to have to step up and be that third option for them. Right. And he's going to get a lot of opportunities because the defense isn't going to know who to guard. Right. Like, who do you double team and leave open? It's, I mean, it's not to the extent of the Warriors, obviously, but when you have two lights-out shooters in Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward, Jalen Brown's going to have plenty of room to operate. Right. So if you're following this team, what would be the big storyline, Sean, you think? I mean, you got if you had to choose one, because I feel like there's a lot of yeah, guys. There, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. I mean, the obvious one, I think it is the biggest one you have to follow, is can Kyrie Irving command his own team? Can he be the guy? Mm-hmm. Uh, this is this is a huge test for him. Like, he's been given the perfect opportunity. Like, when, when we were talking about Kyrie trade rumors, I thought he if he wanted his own team, he'd have to go to someone like the Suns where he'd just suck. Mm-hmm. And there wouldn't be any pressure, obviously, because you can just score a bunch and be Russell Westbrook. Right. But on a team like this, you're expected to win and compete for a championship. Mm-hmm. And everyone's going to be looking to you as the guy that's going to make or break this team. Right. Um, so he's, he's going to have a lot of growing up to do in the next two months. Yeah, you're, and I agree with you. I think when you're looking at this team, that's definitely the storyline you want to follow. Kyrie Irving came out. He said it. He, he said this is what he wanted. He demanded it. Um, he got what he wanted. So now it's time to follow and see what he does. The pressure's on, on, on him a lot, really, actually. Yeah, do you agree? What other uh, storylines do you think should we should be following? Um, I think Kyrie Irving. That storyline is definitely the biggest one. The second one, I like. I like. I had mentioned earlier, Brad Stevens. Let's see how he puts this team right. together. Let's see where they go. I think they might have some issues when they first start off. I wouldn't be surprised if they lose that game, the first game against the Cavaliers, and they sure. go through a little bit of a slump. So I think that's something to follow. Let's see how Brad Stevens puts this team together and when they go on the hot streak. If I mean, I'm sure they will, but if they don't, wow, that's going to be something to follow. That's going to be a surprise if you follow this team. Yeah, definitely. All right, so. Oh, yeah, so uh, before we move on, where where do you have them ranked as far as in the overall NBA? Because I'm guessing they're either one or two for you in the East. I, I have them as two in the East. I think I think the Cavaliers, because of their added depth, um, I think mm-hmm. they're going to chase back that number one seed. I okay, think they're going to be playing cool. with a chip on their shoulder this year. So I have them finishing second in the East. In terms of the whole NBA, I got to put them fourth. I don't think they're mm, any better. Okay. I don't think they're better than Warriors, Houston, or OKC. Um, and obviously, I don't think they're better than the Cavaliers. But I think they're. I actually think they're better than the Spurs. And I'm not really jumping on the Spurs <laughs> being big this year, but. We can work. We'll talk about that more when we get to the Pacific or like we get to their division. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually agree with you. I have them fourth and I have the Cavs above them in the East. Cool. All right. So moving on, we got to eventually move on from the Celtics as much as we want to keep talking <laughs> yeah. about them. So to their other Atlantic division counterparts, let's move on to the Philadelphia 76ers, a young, exciting yeah. team. Who this definitely this summer also made some big additions, not through trades or anything, but oh, uh, well, they got one free agent signing, JJ Redick, um, <laughs> the big right. One. So, but really, you could count Ben Simmons as a big addition since he didn't play at all last year. But you also bring in the definitely. number one pick, Markel Fultz, and Amir Johnson. Yeah, he was yeah great contributor on the Celtics last year. One of those guys, right? And the interesting thing is, this team really has no departures. If anything, it's all addition. Right, yeah, they they hadn't lost anyone that I can think of of any like that was a big contributor there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they keep all their guys like Embiid still there, Sarge is still there. Um, they they have the best young core in the league, in my opinion. Easily, the the crazy thing about young cores though is as ex- you can be super excited about this as the summer starts, but you can easily lose that excitement. I don't know by next year, next summer. Sure. Yeah. Because there's so many unknowns. Um, yeah. Like you never know who's going to pan out from the young guys. They just have so much talent and the NBA is just a harsh environment. Some of them don't make it. And I think moving in. So just talking about the storyline there, I think the biggest one is how healthy will they stay? Yeah. And I was going to say that. So 
that I mean, health is a huge part with this team because, and I was actually going to put my X factor for this team is Joel Embiid's health. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Huge. I think um, depending on how healthy Joel Embiid can, because we know he can play, then he obviously showed signs of that. We had mentioned that in our earlier podcast. But if he can stay healthy, can he play more than 60 games? Like, can he touch even 70 games? Like, if he can, then maybe the Philadelphia 76ers surprise some people and capture, like, the fourth seed in the East or the fifth seed in the East, something crazy like that. Um, and then, and then like, you you also got to look at these other guys, Ben Simmons, Markel Foles, see how they all mesh together. Because one thing you forget is Ben Simmons could potentially be the point guard of this team that they were talking about. <laughs> right, that point forward position. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they got – and apparently he grew two inches – uh, since last year, so now he's at around seven foot. So he's like an Antetokounmpo, mm-hmm. uh, but he's just we haven't seen what he can do yet at the NBA level. They could be the next coming of Giannis. Right. So where do you have them trending in terms of the team? I... Uh, definitely upwards. Oh. Just, just from the from looking at them in preseason, like they look like they have all the tools they need to have a much better season last year. Mm-hmm. Not that that was very impressive or anything, but yeah, they they have the potential to be the fourth or fifth seed in the East, uh, have a winning record, which is something Philadelphia fans have been salivating for for years now. Right. I think, yeah, I think this is pretty easy. Like how, I mean, how could you not be training upwards when you're basically a, at the bottom and you've been there for a couple of years? And, right. And like, I mean, all you really, all you really need to trend upwards is to stay healthy for a lot of these guys. Um, you all play if they all play more than sixty games, like this team is trending up, and they're going to be in the playoffs. And a lot of it is just mainly not so much because of how good these guy, young guys are, but really how how worse, how much worse the Eastern Conference has gotten. And ter- <laughs> like, yeah, that plays it too. right in terms of like the Atlanta Hawks, the Chicago Bulls, Pacers. Like these teams are in the playoffs, and now they're going to be towards the bottom. Uh, and I mean, I think that's going to be, that's actually a trend that's going to be among a lot of these Atlantic division teams is they're just going to be the better by default just because all these other teams are just getting worse. Right. Yeah. And so another factor that's really interesting about the Sixers is we forget they still have Jaleel Okafor too. Right. I forgot all He's about a, that guy. He, yeah. Like, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's easy to forget because he's been so injured over the last few years. Uh, his mm-hmm. it's his right knee that's been bothering him primarily. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had a torn meniscus in it, and then uh, just some soreness last year. But he was putting up really good numbers when he was playing, right. and he just he's never been able to really just find his rhythm. So I mean, when you when you talk about having Okafor, Embiid, and Simmons as those guys, those big guys like that's crazy. And then even Dario Saric, mm-hmm. like there's just so much talent there, right. like. Even if they do sustain an injury, I feel like if they can just not be injured all at the same time, yeah. like they'll be able to weather the storm there. Yeah, I, I almost want to reword my X factor. Maybe health isn't the right word. Maybe training staff is the right word. But training staff <laughs> is the X factor for the Philadelphia 76ers. Right. That training staff. They need to feed those boys some chocolate milk, right. man. Yes, you guys need to do something. What are you not doing, Philadelphia 76ers trainers? Or physical therapist, <laughs> whoever's on that health team, but yeah, I think um, actually the storyline I want I would like to follow is who gets who's gonna come out as rookie of the year from this team. Oh, so you think the rookie of the year will come from this yes, team? Yes, I do think that. Um, as as excited as Simmons, or... yeah, Simmons or mm-hmm. Fultz. As excited as I am about Lonzo Ball, I don't. I think <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if Lonzo Ball finishes second. But I don't think he finishes first. I think he's going to get sandwiched in between either Ben Simmons or uh, Markel Fultz being on top, one, one, one of these two guys. Okay. I mean, yeah, you can definitely make a case for any of those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Markel Fultz, like, he seems like he can do it all. Like, he can, he can shoot, he can pass, he can create. Yeah. Uh, will he be healthy and will he be able to adjust the, to the NBA level? Well, um, like, that's just things you can't predict. Right. Um, but I do want to throw out some kudos while we're talking about the 76ers to not firing Brett Brown, their head coach, oh. through this entire process. <laughs> uh, like, they easily could have been like, yeah, this isn't working, like, like th- three, four years ago when they were just abysmal. Right. 
and they hire Brett Brown. They're like, we're going to trust you to rebuild this team. Mm -hmm. And since then, they've had terrible records. They haven't done anything. All they've done is amass draft picks that get injured. And they, and they haven't, uh, <laughs> yeah, and they haven't uh, got ri gotten rid of him. So I think that's really good for that. Loyalty. Sticking to it. Yeah, loyalty. All right, so moving on to the other side, we got Brooklyn, the Brooklyn Nets. So the big additions, uh, just a bunch, a bunch of massive contracts. <laughs> and you Right, yeah, so many. And you got D'Angelo Russell. But those massive contracts basically being Mozgov and Crabtree from the Portland Trailblazers. Your big departure, your former franchise, could have been your franchise player, Brooke, Brooke Lopez. Um, the Brooklyn Nets are, are pretty, are a little interesting team because like the 70s, like I had mentioned with the 76ers, I think they're slightly better, but they're going to look a lot better just because of the amount of teams that got worse. And what I mean by that ah. is I think they're going to be better than the Pacers, the Chicago Bulls, the Orlando Magic, maybe even New York. So I actually have them finishing 10th, okay. 11th. 10th or 11th in the East. Maybe I got them at 11th. Yep. Okay. I actually have them at 14th still. 14th still. Yep. 14th in the East. I have no faith in them still. What did they do? They got D'Angelo Russell. Right. Okay. Big deal. <laughs> they lost Brooke Lopez. That was their best player. Right. Okay. So we'll call that, we'll call that a wash in the best scenario okay. for them. And who'd you pick up? Mozgov? <laughs> he didn't do anything. You pick up Damari Carroll, he's like, okay, he can get 12 points a game. That's cute. <laughs> right. Uh, Alan Crabb, the worst contract in the NBA? Come on. Yes, I know when you look at this team, you're like, oh, this is not a good team. But look at what the Pacers, <laughs> the Bulls. The Chicago still has Dwayne Wade, but he's not going to be there. Look at what they have on that on those rosters. Those rosters are horrendous garbage. And I think because of that, <laughs> the Brooklyn Nets are just going to do – they just have to do better. Like, they won't lose to these teams. Um, I actually think – and I think the X factor that I have on there is D'Angelo Russell's development. Uh, I think he – I think there's a good chance that D'Angelo Russell goes out there and he goes – he maybe averages 20 points a game. I think he averages 20 and 6. That'd be nice. And he carries the Brooklyn Nets to a couple more wins. And in the Eastern Conference, <laughs> just winning – 15 more games, 10 more games than you did last year puts you on top. 15 more games would be pretty impressive. Right, you win. So you maybe let's put it at 10. 10 more games. Okay. <laughs> that already makes you better than the Orlando Magic, the Pacers, and the Chicago Bulls. Maybe even the New yeah, York Knicks. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I just, man, you just look at their roster, and it's just so sad. I got a, Wait, actually, like, I forgot to mention another team, the Atlanta Hawks as well. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Okay, yeah. The Hawks are gonna be really bad too. Um, yeah, we'll we'll get into more of them on future weeks. But yeah, I mean, eleventh or fourteenth, <laughs> neither of us think they're gonna do much of anything. Right. My point is, they're not gonna be a playoff team, but they are gonna be better than last year. Main reason why is because everybody else is getting worse. So because of that, I they're trending up in my book. For sure. I think their main motivation is going to be to try to screw over whoever has their first round pick this right. year for next year. And that actually, <laughs> you just actually gave, just said the biggest storyline to follow is how does this Brooklyn Nets team affect the future of the Cavaliers and the Boston Celtics or even the Warriors? You never know if this pick turns into something right. that might actually challenge, dethrone them. Probably not. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> that'll be right. Fun. So that's. That's what you follow there. See what their how their meaningless, irrelevant record actually becomes really relevant in the whole grand scheme of the NBA. So uh, the most valuable lottery. Right. Balls. So then we move on. The New York Knicks, probably Good. a team who did absolutely nothing, but somehow always commands a lot of media attention. Of course, yeah. So let's let's look at their big additions. <laughs> so they got Tim Hardaway Jr. on that nice juicy contract. That's nice. Frank Nielakina, we're pronouncing that correctly now, <laughs> and um, Hoodie Mello, who we're going to get into later. <laughs> He's the big addition. That is the big addition of the New York Knicks is the hoodie version hoodie of Mello. If Hoodie Mello comes onto the court for a real NBA game, they're number one in my power <laughs> rankings. <laughs> oh, my God. But no, so, I mean, their big departures are Phil Jackson, which maybe it's a good thing for yeah. them, and and Normal Mellow's interest in playing basketball. I love that, yes. <laughs> their biggest departure is probably that. Carmelo and 
<laughs> Anthony's interest in playing basketball. <laughs> Man, it's so sad. And so you look at the roster, and they, they have some talent between Melo and Porzingis. I mean, Melo's been doing it for 14 years extremely consistently. Yeah. He's never averaged under 20 points a game, even his rookie year. He averaged 20 points a game his rookie year. Wow. He's never averaged less. His his percentages have been really good. His three-point shooting has always been good. Rebounding and assists has been the same. He's so consistent. He's so good. He just needs to get out of there. Yeah, I agree. I don't know how. This this sucks. This really sucks for Carmelo Anthony. Like, I'm sure like watching that Kyrie Irving trade go down, he was probably like, well, there goes – there goes my trade, you know. There goes my oh, yeah. my thing, like, and then and, and he still got to hold out, right? Hope. And he, I'm sure he was holding out that somehow he was gonna be put together with like maybe a Paul George trade that didn't go his way. Maybe Jimmy Butler, he go, he's he found a home. Kyrie Irving was maybe like that last silver lining, and that got worked out without needing to bring a third team or Carmelo Anthony in. So this sucks, man. He's stuck in New York, and uh they're tre- I got him trending down by. I don't. Does it even really matter? <laughs> I mean, if Melo leaves, definitely trending down. I think if he stays, I mean, I think he's gonna play, mm-hmm. even though he has no interest in playing. Yeah. Um. They'll they'll probably just stay the course. Porzingis will get better. Uh. Maybe Tim Hardaway becomes the superstar they expect him to be. Yeah. Oh man. We yeah. We're all scratching our heads on that. Yeah. One. So I got them finishing twelfth. But... They finished eleventh okay. last year in the East, and so now they're finishing twelfth. Yeah, I have them. About, I have them at eleventh, the same. Right. So I have them at twelfth, and the Brooklyn Nets at eleventh. Okay. Mm-hmm. I I still have the Nets being worse. Just I mean, just they have mellow still. So like I have to give them that. But we'll see that the battle of the New York State. We'll see who does worse. <laughs> right. So <laughs> epic. Yeah. So moving on to the second best team out of this division, and we kind of put them at last because, well, it's the Toronto Raptors, and they didn't really do anything at all to really change their team. They re-signed Serge Ibaka. They brought CJ Miles, KJ McDaniels. Yeah. They're they're okay guys, role players. Yeah, these yeah, I'm sure I'm sure they're great guys. Yeah, yeah. you got uh Kyle Lowry at thirty heading into his thirty two years, or he's about to be thirty two. You got DeMar DeRozan, he's about to be twenty nine. Yeah, I mean I don't see these guys improving at nope. all at this point in their careers. I agree. They're just they're just gonna stay the course, really. Yeah, you lose Patrick Patterson, Corey Joseph, Demir Carroll. Uh big losses. I mean, slightly loss, but nothing crazy. Yeah, kinda. Like you just replace them with guys that probably just do the exact same thing. Right. Yeah. C.J. Miles, like a um a three who can uh small forward who can guard some guys. He can knock down an open three. Yeah. Not. Okay. Yeah. That's. Yeah. Awesome. He's not. A fantastic three-point shooter not a bad he's just kind of like a little bit above average three-point shooter um so what i had them i had them trending slightly down maybe a little bit on age maybe they take some time to figure things out um i have them finishing fourth in the east i, I think okay. this is the year the the wizards actually you think the wizards take yep, them over? i think they take over toronto as an x-factor i found this guy interesting this young guy norman powell that they had uh, last year, 11.7, 3.1 rebounds, and he shot 44% from three. Not bad, but he seems to be really the only young guy that could potentially continue to develop on this roster, which is not good for the Toronto Raptors. They need <laughs> to figure something out in terms of that. But perhaps this Norman Powell guy comes out there and steals a starting job and averages 16 points, 18 points. That'd be really something yeah. if you're gonna steal the starting job from Kyle Lowry, Demar Derozan <laughs> backcourt. That that would be insane. Um, but I mean, yeah, if you're looking at guys with budding potential, he's gonna be the guy. Mm-hmm. Everyone else on their team is just they're just there, you know, and they're gonna have a good season. They're gonna probably finish with like forty-five to fifty wins, solid. Have some playoff games. Mm-hmm. Fans will be content. Drake will say some things. Right. People will laugh, <laughs> and yeah. No, all all in a year's work for the Raptors. Yeah, nothing big coming out of there. The big storyline to follow, is there a big storyline to follow? Maybe how many games does Drake mm-hmm. show up to? <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, all of them, I would guess. Or maybe how about this? Can Toronto Raptors avoid getting swept out of the playoffs again? Ooh, by either the Celtics or the right. Cavs? Can they win one game? Let's hope so. I think, I think so. <laughs> I think 
I mean, so last year Kyle Lowry got hurt, so that that's kind of not their their fault. I think if he's healthy and DeMar DeRozan's healthy too, they they could they they win two games at best against either of those teams. Yeah, but they're looking for a second round exit. I assume you see it that way. Yeah. Oh, for Same sure. Same here. Fourth in the East, second round exit. I hope they avoid getting swept, but I think it's more probable mm-hmm. that they get swept again. <laughs> yeah, so I, I have them as third in the East, uh, just barely beating the Wizards out again. Uh, not that that's like a strong opinion <laughs> either way. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I think this would be the year of the Wizards, but we'll get more into that when we cover them. So just overall summary of the division, are we going to see any All-Stars coming out of here? I mean, I think Gordon Hayward and Kyrie Irving, definitely. Mm-hmm. Especially in an East that has probably, like, the worst expectations for All-Stars in a long time. Mm-hmm. You're not going to take a lot to be an All-Star. I think Ben Simmons will be an All-Star. And I think Joel Embiid will be an All-Star. Oh, what about Christos Porzingis? Uh, yeah, yeah, he can, yeah, he could be one too. Right. And I mean, yeah, Lowry and DeRozan. Mm-hmm. Um... Yeah, so I think yeah, I think the guy that would surprise me, but like surprising, not surprising, that would be an all star would be uh Ben Simmons. Yeah. We'll see. I think for sure Kyrie um Kyle Lowry, DeMar DeRozan, Gordon Hayward, Kyrie Irving, those are the obvious guys. Yeah. I don't know if we'll see Carmelo Anthony be an all star. We'll see. I mean, yeah, <laughs> if he if he plays for them, yeah. Yeah. We'll see how that yeah, works out. If he if he plays, then yeah, you have to yeah you have to ex- ex- expect Melo to be in that conversation. Yeah, he'll he'll have to... especially if he's allowed to wear a hoodie. Yeah, he should just come out in the hoodie and ex- get all the fans to vote for him. Side me in, hoodie Melo. <laughs> <laughs> so the award winners, I think the award winners for me, rookie of the year is coming out of the 76ers, either Markel Fultz or Ben Simmons. In terms of MVP, there will be no MVP coming out of the Atlantic Division. Sixth man no. of the year? No sixth man of the year coming out of this division either. No. Comeback player of the year? Is there a comeback? You mean Ben Sim- Ben maybe Ben oh, Simmons? Ben Simmons? Yeah, unofficially. Ben yeah. Simmons could be comeback player of the year. Tim Hardaway could get most improved. <laughs> I don't know about I think D'Angelo Russell could potentially be in the running for that. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, if if he ends up balling up, definitely. Mm-hmm. I can see him. Uh the projected division winner. Easy. Boston Celtics. Oh, the Knicks. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Whoa. You lose it a little bit. Whoa, what? <laughs> yeah, no. I, yeah, something weird happened just now. <laughs> the Boston Celtics. Celtics. Yep. Celtics. They're coming out of this division. Second in the East. We'll see how far they go. So, final thoughts. Just to start closing this off, I got one quick thing for you. So, in related news, there is a guy who at one point scouts called Michael Jordan, but with a three-point shot. As a seventh grader, played varsity basketball and averaged twenty three point one points. That's right. As a seventh grader, played varsity basketball. How? Because in the state of Kentucky, if you're good enough and you're in middle school, you can play varsity basketball. And this guy played varsity oh. basketball from the seventh grade up until his senior year. After his senior year, where did he go? He went to USC. Averaged eighteen point five. Or no, went to USC. Averaged twenty points a game. Left an impact there so much so that USC had a forfeit a season after the NCAA found <laughs> that they were bribing this player to get him to go there. Wow. Not leaving a good trail behind him, but it continues. Ooh. Got into the NBA, drafted <laughs> one pick above Russell Westbrook, averaged 18.5 points his rookie year, 3.2 assists good. with a 14.2 per rating out of 42% shooting. That's pretty good for a rookie. That yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. So not only that, but this guy was actually brave enough to get in a fight with first team all NBA Tony Allen in practice. First team all defense. That's right. Um and then this then things started going a little bit bad. He started he tested for steroids, um, and then he came out and told the Ooh. NBA that it was actually from an energy drink that he bought over the counter. Um did the NBA oh, those monsters are dangerous. Right. Did the NBA believe that? Of course not. Got suspended. <laughs> Later was found with marijuana in his car. The NBA fined Aww. him and suspended him. So who was this guy who later got a two year suspension for an undisclosed drug in his system? Who's Michael Jordan with a three point shot? OJ Mayo. Oh that's right. OJ Mayo. OJ Mayo was at one point a high school sensation. Um 
What? How does he pan out? I vaguely remember that. <laughs> yeah. So he panned out by getting suspended for two years from the NBA for an undisclosed drug. And now that time is almost up. And he came out in an interview saying that he wants to go back to his former team, which was the Milwaukee Bucks. Oh, okay. Does this man deserve a second chance? Do you take OJ oh. Mayo back? Man, he's just a huge idiot. Yes. Man. Ah. So based how much if I can get him for the veteran minimum, I might just take a chance. If I'm the Bucks and I'm like, eh, this guy could make a difference for me. Right. Yeah, I mean I'll take it, whatever. I'll sign him for a veteran's minimum. Or maybe not even sign him, just invite him to training camp next year and see what he does. Gotta remember this guy's been out of the league for two years. I don't even know if he's played any organized basketball since then. <laughs> but lesson be told, you can be as talented as you can be the talented guy in the world, but if you get in with the wrong crowd, things aren't going to go well for you. OJ Mayo being point in case. Sure, there's other ones. Life lessons. Life lessons. Life lessons on the Dwight Chocolate NBA podcast. Right, so if you're a talented high schooler out there, take notes and don't end up like OJ Mayo. Instead, end up like Hoodie Mello. <laughs> Woo! The meme who's Hoodie been Mello. blowing up. So how did Hoodie Mello come to be born? He actually was born from a photograph that his trainer Chris Brickley took of him on his workout. So apparently Carmelo Anthony over the summer works out at 2 a.m. and his trainer posts pictures of him on Instagram with his hood on. Oh man. And apparently he never misses a shot. He always knows the right pass to make. He can't miss from three from free throw. He's unstoppable. Right. Who is Hoodie Mello? Why is he hiding? You need to come out and help this New York Knicks organization because it's a disaster <laughs> yet again. Man, yes, Hoodie Mello, man. If if you can get a hoodie on Mello for the NBA for an NBA game, that that is what the fans want to see. <laughs> and we need a Hoodie Mello in 2K real right. quick. Right. All right, that's it. That's all we got for our show. Stay tuned for next week. We'll be breaking down a more another division and then following more after that, all the way until the start of the NBA season. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in, and don't forget to subscribe. Thanks, everybody. <laughs>